This is Over the Line on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, baby! In Pittsburgh last night. The 0-2 pitch. And Willie, a drive out to center. Backing up is Marisnik onto the warning track. He leaps up, and it'll fly out of here for Willie Adamas. Adamas got a fastball at the top of the zone, and that ball just kept carrying on Marisnik, and it just got out to dead center. And it didn't stop there, Rowdy. When the hits, they just keep coming and if your name was Willie Adamas my god you got it going last night Woo! yeah have a freaking ball game Willie Adamas four for five with seven RBIs one more from Willie let's go the pitch and a high drive deep left field going back is Gamble and it is gone for Willie Adamas Woo! how about did you hear that guy in the background let's listen to the right when the ball is hit the pitch and a high drive. Whoa! Rowdy, Willie Adamas. And a high drive, deep left field. That guy's, going back that's the old face. You heard and the old face, Rowdy? gone for Willie Adamas. This guy's got the old face going. What a well, game I mean, for, for Willie, Willie Adamas. Adamas. For what he did last night, you might as well. Oh, 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 oh. That's the old face, Rowdy. Show him the old face. Yeah. I mean, without Willie Adamas, the Brewers lose that game. <laughs> what a game. What a game. I thought it was over. It was, what, 10 to 4? I thought it was over with that uh, second Willie Adamas home. I'm like, the game's done. It ended up being 12 to 8. The hell happened in Pittsburgh last night? Urenia was not great. All they asked him to do was go in and retire the Pirates and let's just get out of here. He was unable to do that. That was not pretty. They even had to call in Josh Hader to record the final out <laughs> to pick up his ninth save of the year. Yeah, Josh Hader, Josh, dude, the, the, Josh Hader on pace to have like a thousand saves this season. Don't ask me how that works when there's 162 games. It just does. But my God, Brandon Woodruff, the big woo, after going what six scoreless against the Pirates a week ago, got a little dusted up. You know what he's really on pace for? 81 saves. Jesus. Josh Hader for 81 saves. That will shatter the all-time saves record. And K-Rod's at it's 60... Uh, 62, I 62 think. 62 for K-Rod. Josh Hader, if it keeps going this way, his arm might fall off, Rowdy, with the way Craig Council treats pitchers. I don't know. Hader's arm might yep, fall off. K-Rod, 62. Good memory, Rowdy. Yeah, what a game last night. And it, This is impressive in its own way. Who, or who, is, more, who is least impressive? Arena, the Brewers uh, wannabe low-level relief pitcher who needed saving from Josh Hader, or the fact that Christian Yelich didn't collect one hit, the only guy on the team not to get a hit yesterday, last night, which is more, which is least impressive? Christian Yelich in in a complete <laughs> hit train for the Milwaukee Brewers, where every single batter got a hit last night except for Christian Yelich. I'm going to say it's more impressive. Or, or more 
Least, least, least impressive, impressive is a tough one. was Christian Yelich not being able to come up with a hit, especially playing against Pittsburgh, because Urenia, we know he's not very good. Yeah, we he know was, he stinks. He's a low-level reliever. He wasn't very good in Miami. Don't we Christian know? Yelich was actually good in Miami. <laughs> he was good in Milwaukee. He has an MVP award, and he's the highest-paid player on the team. But don't we now know... <laughs> Am I wrong in saying this? Do we know that Christian Yelich isn't good anymore? Or are we are we still like holding our breath? I mean, when do you want to put the timetable where you can officially say Christian Yelich sucks? Okay, well, all right. Here, Rowdy, you said the hit train, right? The hit train in Pittsburgh last night? Colton Wong, two hits. Willie Adamas, four hits. Andrew McCutcheon, one hit. Rowdy Telez, two hits. Tyrone Taylor, one hit. Omar Narvaez, two hits. Lorenzo Kane, one hit. Jace Peterson, one hit. Christian Yelich, the train goes off the racks. Zero hits. I think it was last night. I think it's last night. Okay, so you have 2020. Where's the train? You have 2020 where everyone had the weird year. He's coming off a kneecap. He was actually pretty productive when it comes to home runs and RBIs. If you would have extrapolated that out to 162 games, 2021, he was awful. And so far outside of two games this season, he's been awful. Get on the train, Yelly. Choo-choo. Get on, Yelly. It's time to get on the train. Chugga-chugga. Choo-choo. How is it that you can't get a hit last night when everyone else has got a pulse? It's a hit. And how about this? Andrew McCutcheon, his 200th stolen base of his career. Well done to Kutch. Well done to Willie Adamas. Well done to Colton Wong. See that uh, with McCutcheon's 200th stolen base, he is now the second active player in Major League Baseball to have 200 home runs and 200 stolen bases in their career. Can you name the other? He's a lot younger than uh, McCutcheon. Who? Mike Trout. I was going to guess that too. Damn it. I was going to guess Mike Trout. Man, that's crazy. Good for Kutch. Yeah, and Trout is a lot younger than Andrew McCutcheon. It was Mike L- Trout's 29. And Kutch is... 34 or 5. Let's see here. 35 years old, October 10th, 1986. Our guy, Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, game, hell of a game last night. Very entertaining game. The question now is, Rowdy, um, is are the Pirates a slump buster? Or is it, and the Brewers are going to wake up moving forward, or is it just, that's what it is, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates? I just think in general this year, once we get to about mid-July after that All-Star break, the entire NL Central outside of the St. Louis Cardinals will be a slump buster. You look at, (laughs) you look at, the the Brewers have not played Cincinnati yet this year. And by the way, Brewers in first place in the NL Central. They are officially in first place by themselves. Yes, sir. Cardinals lost last night to the Mets. Obviously, Brewers win have a one-game lead in the Central, but getting back to the Central, you have the Pirates, which, I mean, you go right down their lineup. The guys that played last night, Hayes is a pretty good player, obviously went three for three last night, but he's extremely young. They just signed him that long-term deal. Outside of that, there ain't a whole lot of talent on this uh, Pirates team. I mean, you have Vogelback playing first base and leading off. Hey, Dan, Dan, the man, Dan Vogelback batting 320 rowdy, former Milwaukee Brewer, Dan, the man, the Danimal. I mean, you have former Brewer Ben Gamble playing outfield. Babe Gamble. Batting, batting third. Batting 229. He'd be a godsend for the Milwaukee Brewers. 
Uh, you go, you go down from there. Kevin Newman's another name. Newman, but out, I mean, outside of the two guys that were former Brewers, you aren't knowing very, very many guys on this roster. And if anything, they're only going to get worse because Newman. of the few pieces that they do have. If they continue to play well, they're probably going to get rid of them as well and add up on as many prospects as they can. Look at Cincinnati. Same thing with Cincinnati. They don't have a ton of players after their fire sale at the uh, end of the off season. I doubt they get rid of Joey Votto just because it's Joey Votto. He's been there forever and he's at the end of his career. They're probably not going to get rid of Jonathan India, who's their really young second baseman. That was rookie of the year last year. But outside of that, probably anyone else is on the table. And if you're Votto, do you want out though? Like, I don't want to end my career like this. I don't know. He seems like he really likes Cincinnati and he's kind of, He's, he's probably he's be, made his money. He's done when he did. Yeah, he'd probably be content whether they traded him and or they left him in Cincinnati just as like a, hey, yeah. I'm going to end God, my career 38 here. 38 years old. Yeah, he's up there. But then you have the Cubs who the Cubs came out of the gates hot. Remember, we were talking about uh, how great their offense was as it's the second best offense hey, in baseball. They scored 21 runs against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Still lost the series. And they're below 500. They are 7 and 10. And that's a team that's only going to get, get worse, worse after July because they have the Wilson Contreras of the world that they're probably going to get rid of. They lost to the Braves yesterday. They're probably not going to be able to move Marcus Stroman unless he really starts to pitch well. But they have a few other, uh, maybe a couple of relievers and a couple other players outside of Wilson Contreras that they could probably move on from and get something for. And again, stack pros, uh, <laughs> prospects. Stack the, the only prospects. team that's not going to be a seller, especially if they play an entire year in the NL Central, is going to be the Cardinals. And the Brewers split when they were playing awful baseball with the uh, four-game series at uh, American Family Field so far with the Cardinals. Yep. But that's it. And and this is that's going to be your entire slump buster all year is playing those three <laughs> teams in the NL Central. So we live... And this is something you don't really want to do, Rowdy. Usually the slump buster is to get you out of the slump, to get you the next, like, you know, the the, the prize after that, something a little, you know, higher up, right? You don't want to live with the slump buster. You don't want to, you know, be with the slump buster. But for the Milwaukee Brewers, that is a good thing, I guess, if you want to slump bust all season. And then all of a sudden you want to take that next step to maybe some wifey material, Rowdy, instead of slump busting material. That would be the playoffs. Maybe then the Brewers can get a nice little higher seed, get running through American Family Field, and then they can get themselves to a World Series. I think it's probably pretty easy to define this Milwaukee Brewers summer as just a slump bus summer. <laughs> Is there like an American Pie equivalent to this? Is there, is there a movie where they go like Stifler goes slump busting or something? I, not that I know okay, of. Okay, I only watched, I stopped there to the second one, so I didn't know if there was more after that. Yes, the NL set, the slump busting summer of the Milwaukee <laughs> if we're gonna, Brewers. If we're going to relate it to American Pie movies, <laughs> I think we're going to want to look at number three once we get to October in the postseason because that's the uh, American wedding oh, where, where the Brewers want to get married. They want to go down the aisle yeah. and, and win. We and, wanna, they want to win that ring. Okay, they want to win. They want to get the ring. I get it. Okay, I like the American wedding. is the uh, So you're slump busting all summer and then at the end it's time to settle down and get the ring and get serious and you gotta quit your slump busting get serious get your ring at the end of the year i can dig and that then, and then when we're all older 
we can watch the the fourth one, the reunion, where we can actually have some of these guys back when they're like sixty it's plus like, years old like and celebrate celebrate when they won the ring. Yeah, the tenth or the twentieth anniversary, like we all come down and we'll reminisce of the slump busting summer that was of the NL Central. And there's your Brewers slump bust summer <laughs> when in in the words of American Pie movies. <laughs> I can get down with that. That'd be that'd be fun. Get a little uh Quad City DJs to fire up the train. And then we just hit play on this. And Willie, a drive out to center, backing up is Mariznick onto the warning track. He leaps up, and it'll fly out of here for Willie Adonis. 2-1 pitch. Line down the left field line. That is a fair ball. It's going to roll all the way into the corner. Lorenzo Kane's going to score. Wong's around third. Here comes the throw home, and it is not going to be in time. First pitch to Wong, and this is a drive into right. That's going to get down for a base hit. Around third is Narvaez. Here's the throw home. It's going to be cut off, and the Brewers lead it 7-4. Fly ball to the outfield. Ground ball gets through. Into right field off the bat of Narvaez. It's an RBI single, and the Brewers lead it 6-4. And the 1-2 pitch. Tyrone hits this one really well into right center field. This one's going to plug the gap and roll all the way to the wall before it's cut off by Mariznick. Telez around third. He's going to score. And all the way into third is Tyrone Taylor. The Brewers have reclaimed the lead. It's 5-4. The pitch and a high drive. Deep left field going back is Gamble. And it is gone for Willie Adamas. It is the hit train for the Milwaukee Brewers last night in Pittsburgh, baby. A choo-choo. Brewers win 12-8. Everyone, and I mean everyone, except Kristen Yelich, got a hit last night for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, have a freaking game, Willie Adamas. Four for five, seven RBIs. Finally, a little bit of an offensive explosion for Milwaukee, putting up 12 runs. 11-7 and seven on the year. That's good for first place in the NL Central. Christian Yelich didn't do anything. (laughs) You can't make this up. You can't make this up, folks. Everyone on the Milwaukee Brewers got a hit. But Christian Yelich. You can't make this up. Just three for 28 since uh, the game against Pittsburgh where he hit a grand slam coming roughly nine days ago. All right, what do you think happens in the locker room, in the clubhouse? Everyone's celebrating, obviously. I mean, everyone had a night. Everyone's probably just got to be fist pumping, having a good time. Do you think Yelly is like sitting by himself in a corner, just wondering, what the hell do I got to do? Like, do you think he's celebrating with everyone, or do no, you think I, he's sitting there just stewing? I think in he's it? smiling ear to ear because they're continuing to win as a team, and the fact that not as many people are really screaming at the top of their lungs about how bad he's really been the last two years and change because they're winning. Yeah, I mean, winning winning cures a lot. Imagine if this was, now granted, they're 18 games into the baseball season, but imagine at the end of the season, they're like a 500 baseball team. And Christian Yelich looked like this the entire year. He batted third the entire season. You would look back and literally fans would be screaming, saying he's awful, he's terrible. How can we get rid of him? I can't believe we're paying them that much money. What the hell is wrong with them? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because they're they're still a good baseball team, 
he hasn't hurt as much as he would have if the rest of the team wasn't playing, especially that pitching staff wasn't as pitching as well as it is. Yeah, winning is a cure-all. And it was you know discussed a little bit uh, this morning. Uh, we'll get into some Milwaukee Bucks here momentarily. But who is the face of the Milwaukee Brewers? Is it Christian Yelich anymore? I, uh, there's no way it can be. Willie Adamas. Besides, obviously, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Josh Hader, the, the pitchers. But when it comes to, like, uh, you know, someone who's not a pitcher, Willie Adamas. Who yep. else would it be? That that was who I identified as who I thought kind of was like this new, newer Brewers captain. Because, you know, the old the old guard was the Ryan Braun, the Lorenzo Kane. You would even say Christian Yelich during his two MVP seasons or even in that 2020 weird year. But I... I Christian Yelich is Ryan Braun's no longer on the team. Christian Yelich is not playing good baseball. One can argue Yelich's not on the team either. And Lorenzo Kane has just really fallen off. And I, it really, I think the writing's on the wall that this is his last year. Yeah. Uh, our guy, thick cheddar on twitch.tv search. My name. Ebo says at the follow button, see how handsome we are. Interact with us there. Uh, thick cheddar says Adamus is the new King. It's not Milwaukee season. It's Willy walkie. How about that, Rowdy? Not well, Milwaukee, I mean, Willie Walkie. And he's a guy that's under contract for the Brewers, I believe, until twenty through 2024. Claws up. And he's only 26 years old, so you're going to have him through the prime of his career. And guess what? We're going to have... Uh, aren't him and Luis Arias big buddies, too? Luis Arias, the report on him is the fact that he's going to play about 10 games for a minor league rehab stint. They're expecting him back sometime next week. All right, yeah, so there you go. Luis Arias is going to come back. That'll be nice. So we'll see Well, that brings stability to third base. I know that you've had Jace Peterson, who had a really good year last season for the Brewers, playing third. And also it's been Mike Brasseau, who, again, hey, he shows up in moments. He's a utility guy. He's been used that way with the Tampa Bay Rays for a while. He had one you know, solid season, but the rest has kind of been that utility guy type player. Mm-hmm. Those guys aren't going to bring stability to third base for 162 games. It's kind of like you're just interchanging them, hoping you can get basically filler third base play <laughs> until Luis Arias comes back. And and that will be huge, especially if Luis Arias can come back and duplicate what he did last year. Yep. Yep. All right. And it's going to be interesting to say, uh, to see what they do with this lineup. Once Arias is inserted because when Brousseau, or Peterson are in the lineup, they're pretty much going to be hitting ninth or pretty close to the bottom every single time because yeah, yeah. they're literally they're just your worst hitter and your worst player. But they actually show up once in a while, unlike a guy named Christian Yelich. Well, he did a grand slam nine days ago. Yeah, and then what, what, three of 28 cents? But, like, what I'm getting at is you throw in another good bat in Luis Urias, who arguably profiles to be a leadoff hitter or a two-hole hitter, and Christian Yelich continues to struggle. I, I mean, you look at look at the lineup that played last night. Colton Wong, I like Colton Wong. Think he's a great player, really good defensively. He, in my opinion, he's probably should be the the Brewers' leadoff hitter. Willie Adamas in the two holes is pretty solid. Then there's Yelich at three, McCutcheon four, Rowdy Telez five, Tyrone Taylor six. Narvaez seven, Lorenzo Kane eight, and then Peterson and Brosseau have basically been nine. Yeah. If you insert Luis Arias, now you have a guy that profiles to be a two hole hitter. Let's go Arias. What, what do you honestly? What would you think of? I know he like uh, Craig Council that is likes to interchange righties, lefties, righties, lefties. I don't think you. 
I get why he does it, but I feel like you don't need to do that as much anymore because of that three batter rule. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Now, I understand it, but I think you, you can kind of get away a little bit. But imagine if the lineup all of a sudden becomes Wong, maybe Luis Arias, Adamas in the three hole, and then you go with like the McCutcheon, Telez, and then you have your Taylor, Nervaez. I feel like you're, you're throwing Yelich down to like the seven, eight. You got He can't be at third. Like he can't, he can't stay there. And and There's, I, he can't stay there. And I personally like because of how bad he's swinging the how bat. How long until they start dropping him down? He's batting one eighty. I I get that the on base percentage is nearly a hundred points higher than his average, which for like I said, rule of thumb, that's really good. But he's only hitting one eighty. Therefore, <laughs> the on base percentage is a little below <laughs> two eighty. Like look at look at everyone else. If, if you want to talk about guys that if if Christian Yelich should be you know, batting first because he gets on base. Here are guys that have higher on base percentages than him. Willie Adamas, Andrew McCutcheon, Rowdy Telez, Tyrone Taylor, Omar Nervaez, Jace Peterson. Like, <laughs> all like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I get it. He's taking walks, but he's just, his hitting has been so bad so far through eight games. It's tough. It doesn't make up for it. All right, so it was a hit train in Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, in Pittsburgh last night for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yelich not on it. <laughs> Yelich, <laughs> Yelich turned back the clocks to that 18-19 MVP caliber seasons for two games this year. They've played 18. I, too, like to live dangerously, said Craig Council, as he bats Christian Yelich third. Our guy Carl, eco-bugman, says... Uh, let's see here. I'm tired of Yelly, Kane, and Wong having offensive issues and Wong's errors. Replace them with Tyrone Taylor, Andrew McCutcheon, and Keston Hira. Do this for a week. And then he says, Yelly and Kane have been pathetic for too long. I would rather see a pitcher hit than Yelly at this point. Sure. Um, well, what did I tell you in 2020 when I was... Very upset with Lorenzo Kane coming back for one week and then calling it quits. And you got to remember, Lorenzo Kane signed that five-year deal in 2018 where he was really, really, really good. Really good for them in 2018. So I was thinking, Roddy, I'm glad this took three minutes to do. And then he came back in, in 2019. The The batting average wasn't there. He, he didn't necessarily. He had a down season with the stick, but he won a gold glove and was, again, really good in the field. Mm-hmm. 2020, this was the year with what? He would have been 33, I believe. So you're starting to get kind of in that post-late moonlight of your career here we've already seen that he had a down year in 2019 with the bat he played a week and then said i'm out i'm done peace we know what that does to a professional athlete unless you're like ricky williams where if you take a year off and don't do anything and then come back you're never the same player has he literally been the same player since then no he hasn't and he was already showing that he was kind of on the back end of his career 2019 wasn't his best season and then no no season in 2020. 2021, couldn't stay healthy, was not great when he did play. Mm-hmm. 2022, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. I, I really do think this is the end of the line for Lorenzo Cain when it comes to his baseball career. So this is the end by the doors could not only be Christian Yelich's walk-up music, but also Lorenzo Cain's. And it is the last year of his deal. How about it's the end of the world as we know it? A little R.E.M.? Because uh, I f- think both of them are fine with it. Yeah, but Willie Adamas is off just cranking bombs and... 
Italian team records can't be the end of the world for him. It's a new age for but Willie it's Adonis. For, it's for those guys. It's their walk-up song. We're not talking about the entire Brewers walk-up song, are we? No, I guess not. Yeah. But how about this? And I think Rowdy spot on. Willie Adamas is the face of the franchise. He has to I'm be. not saying face of the franchise. I still Who think is that. Who is then? I, mean, uh, Corbin I guess Burns. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. But for an offensive standpoint or a bat. The face is still Christian Yelich because that's who everybody knows. Uh, yeah, I guess. That's but, sad, though. But in reality, <laughs> in reality, I think the leader of your pitching staff is now becoming uh, Corbin Burns. The leader of your hitters is now becoming Willie Adamas. I, I think that's officially become clear to me. Mm-hmm. Claws up, and, that, and I'm Willie not Adamas. saying I would have picked Willie Adamas before his seven RBI game. It's You're just not be- just saying that because of last night, Rowdy. No, I, I'm saying that because just look how much better they played with him last year. He plays really good defense. He he brings kind of that energy to the team when he plays well. The Brewers play well. Yep. And hell, he was the reason why they were so good last year. He came in and sparked them up. How many uh, at-bats has Urias had now? Luis Urias. He's supposed to come back after, like, however long the simulated I think last spring. Was it last Thursday is. he started practicing or two Thursdays? It was last Thursday, something like that. Luis Urias, it will be a nice little breath of fresh air. Yeah, well, and hopefully because he's supposed to, you know, go through however many games they had in spring training. This is a report as up. of Monday. They are believing that Luis Arias will play around 10 rehab games. There was nothing quite like yesterday. Me, Rowdy, Sports Pat, and then to my right, the ray of sunshine in my dark and dreary life, Zach Heilprin. It was the lunch of ages. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. God, I'm still, I just, I peaked yesterday for this week, Zach, sitting next to you at lunch. It was awesome, baby. Can't Can't get better than that. We're going to welcome you on to Over the Line for this segment, and we're going to allow you to walk through those velvet ropes. So welcome to the show. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Zach, so tonight uh, we were thinking about this. So is it Zach Levine is in COVID protocols for the Chicago Bulls? Like we were wondering how they are ever going to score any points. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is probably going to get a huge volume. And then the conversation was, will the Bulls even get past 100 points? Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks close it out tonight at the Pfizer yeah. Forum? Yeah, they definitely close it out. I mean, they haven't been over 100 points in either of the last two games. DeMar DeRozan, I mean, he's going to he's going to go for 40. It may take him take him 60 shots 60 shots to get there, but he's going to go for 40 because um, who else is going to score for them, right? I mean. Gusevich gonna have a have a have a thirty point game, forty point game. This this series is over tonight. I mean, I, I don't think anybody is expecting different. Even if Zach Levine was playing, it wouldn't matter. I mean, the way the, the way the Bucks are playing just doesn't matter. I think he's a little scared because uh, him and Bobby Portis got in a little tough last game. He didn't want to face the uh, the music when it comes to Bobby Portis and those crazy eyes. Hey Zach, mm. let me ask you on this one, brother. Um, I, I've welcomed him in with open arms. I know you've covered the Badgers for a long time and, you know, something that's near and dear to your heart, despite you yeah, saying otherwise. Yeah. Grayson Allen, should we welcome him in now with open arms? Can we, can we forgive Grayson Allen and move on as he's now had uh, back-to-back career playoff high games? Scoring? You can do what you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, I'm not a huge Grayson Allen fan. Never have <laughs> No. Is it because really is it because of Wisconsin in the title game? No, it doesn't. No, it's not. He's just. I mean, everyone. He, he's just not. I mean, I don't even know. I, I don't want to. 
He's just not a. I mean, he just was not a good guy. And he was a little in, in college. I mean, he's had some incidents in in, pro, in the pros too. Uh, but he's our he incident. Has, he has not done anything since he. Well, he did. He got got after Caruso. Well, he's kind of I mean, broke his wrist. There, there are some. There are some. Yeah, I mean, there are incidents, right? And I think a lot of people compare him to Brad Davison. I just I don't buy that whatsoever. I mean, Grayson Allen has uh, a significantly longer history of it, but. He's been awesome the last two games. I think that you can say that. He's been a great addition for the Bucks, and he's um, they've desperately needed it with Chris Middleton out. And so he's been great. He's been awesome. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like him Damn. or, you know, anything like that. But he's been great for Milwaukee, and I guess that's all that really matters. Well, Zach, here's the thing. Um, I was going to be a surprise, a late wedding gift. I actually had a Bucks Grayson Allen jersey for you, but I – Damn it. I'm going to return it to the NBA store. That's, that's, okay, that's, thank you. That's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, all right, Zach, so uh, let me ask you this. We also have the uh, NFL draft tomorrow night. You're going to be up in Green Bay, correct, uh, if memory serves me right? Yeah, can't wait. I uh, haven't obviously had the opportunity to be up there. And it just, it feels, it's going it to feel a little bit different. Yeah, it's going to feel a little bit different because they obviously haven't had uh, anything in person the last two years. And So, yeah, up in Green Bay. Get to talk to all the guys that right after they get drafted. Get to talk to Brian Gutekunst at some point. Woo! Yeah, it's going to be great. That's what I'm talking about. All right, so we were in uh, my in Rowdy's office yesterday, our office, our shared space, if you will, and we were talking a little bit about, you know, Rowdy was grinding the draft as you and I were just, you know, shooting the crap. And uh, Rowdy had just turned over and said, you know what? I really love a lot of Big Ten wide receivers. I want uh, Rowdy to list a couple of them and give you your little uh, you know, synopsis on them. But really quick, Zach, what do you think happens with the Green Bay Packers and this first round? Do they, in your humble opinion, and you'll you have a pulse up there when you're up there in Green Bay hanging, rubbing elbows with Brian Gutekunst and whatever, but do you think that they take a wide receiver first? Do you think that they you know, stand pat with their picks? Are they going to trade up? Are they going to? trade down like what does Zach Halpern think is a, a likely scenario for and I know it's hard to think yeah. about because it's so crazy but what do you think happens with that uh, first round for the Packers well I certainly hope for the sake of your favorite guy um, Elon Musk that they do take a wide receiver at some point in the first round because otherwise Twitter gonna explode well, and that's a good thing because no one can be silenced now on Twitter over it, Zach. So Packer Nation can. But, but, if, it, but if it explodes, <laughs> like, I mean, if it melts down, how do I mean? I he just bought this thing for forty-four billion dollars, <laughs> and if it melts down in like day three, it's going to be a really, really tough scene. But no, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think one of those guys has to be a wide receiver, right? Like yeah. in the first round, in the first round, I'm thinking it's either going to be. A wide receiver, an edge, or an offensive lineman. Like those, those are the three. And I think people will freak out if they take an offensive lineman and and an edge and don't get that uh, receiver in the first round. But they got four in the top sixty. I mean, it's the first time since nineteen sixty seven that they've had four in the top sixty. And so, I think that they, I think that they get one at least one receiver in that in that top sixty. I would hope it's in the first round because they desperately need a guy who's going to come in and play right away. And they've had a ton of success with drafting second round and third round wide receivers, but none of those guys are really huge impact guys right away. And um, I know it's been a long time since they've done it. And wide receivers are certainly more, I think, capable of coming in and playing right away based on what they've done in college and and the way that the college game has evolved and the way that, you know, seven on seven and all the flag football stuff happens earlier in your life. But I think they need to go first round and I I hope they get one of those premier guys at the top. 
Oh, well, one of those premier guys that was on Rowdy's shortlist, he brought it up yesterday. Rowdy, out of the Big Ten, the wide receiver you really like the Packers to get would be out of Ohio Yeah, and this is a name that's been floating, obviously, pretty much everywhere you look. It's Chris Olave, and if we're talking Big Ten receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are two of the best in this draft and both out of Ohio State. What do you think of uh, those two, Zach? I mean, I, I think Garrett Wilson probably is gone. I, I agree with that. I mean, Olave. I mean, Garrett Wilson almost probably guaranteed to be gone. Uh, Chris Olave. They mean may need to trade up, which isn't necessarily something that Brian Gutekunst isn't uh, necessarily uh, afraid to do. I mean, he's traded in the first round three times in the four years that he's been overseeing these drafts. So I don't. I don't think it's like anything that would shock us. But you know, he's got a little bit more ammunition this time to to really jump up if you really wanted to. Like he really like if he really likes a guy and wants to go up and get him at like wants to jump 10 spots or something like that to go get somebody, he's got the ammunition to do it for sure. Rowdy, another Big Ten receiver that you got on your list that you're liking? Well, Jahan Dotson's another guy that might be late first into the second round. But if you start digging deeper into like those later rounds where, hey, maybe you take a chance on a guy that's got some upside, Bo Melton, Jalen Naylor, those are two other guys from the Big Ten that probably see their or hear their names called this weekend. Yeah, Badger fans will remember Jahan Dotson. Uh, he had a pretty big game against Wisconsin in that opener last year. I, I don't know if he's necessarily an outside guy, though, Roddy. Like, I mean, he's he's more of a – I think he's probably more of a slot than he is an outside. They need another slot concerning what they've got with Randall Cobb and um, and uh, Amari Rogers. People, I think, a lot of people are probably forgetting. Um, but I don't know. I, I like – if you're going to, at some point, you're going to take, you're going to take multiple wide receivers, right? Like it's not, you have to, you have to, yeah, it's not going to be just one and done. So I think you're right that they're going to have opportunities later in the draft. I mean, you think about the draft, what, uh, that MVS was in, they took three guys. Yeah. Only one of them actually did anything. And so I think it's, it's kind of like having more swings at, at the plate, right? Like if you have, well, let's hope Brian Gutekunst isn't Christian Yelich then tomorrow night. Well, no. I mean, Ted Thompson always talked about, like, if you have more swings, like, you're going to have a chance to get a hit. Uh, the more swings you have, the more chances you have to get a hit. And, with you know, if you put three, if you, you know, select three wide receivers, well, then you have a much better chance of hitting than just taking one, even if it is a guy, like, in the first round. See, there's multiple approaches here to this. One, you could go with the Ted Thompson, more swings at it, which I, I think it'll be – wild if the Packers don't leave this draft with at least two receivers but the two approaches is Ted Thompson you know maybe as many swings as you want maybe three receivers hell maybe even four with this many picks or you could go with like the Babe Ruth approach and say it only takes one trade up and go get the Garrett Wilson Babe Ruth Ted Thompson Zach Heilprin we got it all baby heavy hitters and that's the thing with Goody though like he's he is going to uh he is not Ted Thompson he said the other day that he kind of wishes he was a little bit more patient and was patient like Ted Thompson, but he's not. And so I have I have no doubt that if he likes one of those guys a lot, that he's going to go up and get them, even if it is going to cost them a little bit more. That's why you have the picks. That's why you have the picks that you do right now. It's the ability to go out and, and find like an elite player that's going to be able to help you right away. And we've seen and we've seen rookie wide receivers help teams just a, a bunch. Obviously, we've, just the last two years with Justin Jefferson and. Uh, the guy in Cincinnati, like um, whose name is now uh, Jamar Chase, like those guys were awesome their first two years. If Green Bay can land one of those, the sting of Devontae Adams losing Devontae Adams probably a lot le- lessened a bunch. 
Hey, uh, real quick before I let you go, Zach, and we're going to dive into the draft a little uh, later in the show. Unfortunately, without you, I'd love to you know talk more about it with you. But let me ask, a report was surfacing out there. I didn't really see too many people pick it up. Uh, this Darren Waller situation to the pack, is that something that has any teeth? Is that something that could happen, or is it just a pipe dream floating out there in the ether? Yeah, I mean, it certainly sounds like that's not something that's going to happen. I mean, I think what uh, Derek Carr came out and uh, did a little LOL, no way happening, and I think that there's been reports since then that that's not going to happen, but you never know, right? I mean, uh, I I have I suspect that the Packers probably when they were trying to trade for uh, or trying to trade Devonte Adams away that they did inquire about Darren Waller and was like, can he be a part of this deal? And I have no doubt that that story that part of it's true. I just don't know at this point if that's something that's going to happen. But would you take Darren Waller in a second? Depending on the price, yes. No, like a second. Oh, a, I oh, thought you I said would you take second. him in a second uh, for a second did, round pick? But, I, but it kind of. Yeah, I you do it both ways. I get it. I get it. I, yeah, I, it I think I'd probably pull that trigger. Yeah, get, maybe give them back their second, or maybe give them your second. Uh, in a you, second. But where would you say that this Darren Waller news falls? Would it currently be? Help us with our journalistic journey. Is it currently in the rumor stage? Sources, or are we going to actually call it a report? Yeah, our journalistic journey. I like that, Rowdy. I'm going to say sources. I don't really understand the difference between sources and report. Well, let, let me, um, can explain it to Zach really quick. I know, I know Zach knows, but sometimes it might need a refresher. You, no, you've done this before. Like, I, I get it. But like, people, when they report something, like, if I were to, if I were to write this, which I didn't, but if I, if I were, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a rumor. I would say uh, it's a report because that's what it is. Rumor uh, guys, is me tweeting Jay Wright is coming to Wisconsin and just putting that out in the Twitter sphere. That's, That's a rumor that maybe someone will run with. Uh, okay. a, a source would be like, hey, Zach, you were at the Badger spring practice. Who the heck was getting uh, one reps at the running back position? And then, and then, a, <laughs> then, a, then a report is when you actually put it into a publication. That is right. Maybe half the time. Correct. Okay. The journalist. Yeah. We'll have a seminar sometime. Okay. All right. Well, in this situation, I, I guess I would say sources because <laughs> that's what uh, that's what um, she said. TV said, and I. Oh, again, I it was, yeah. yeah and I, I mean, again, I have no doubt that that they probably did inquire about it and and all that stuff. I is it and, like and a, maybe maybe, sorry to interrupt. Maybe, maybe, oh, sorry. Yep. Here's the thing: like they no, I mean, like the Packers probably still are trying to get Darren Waller. It's just that the. Raiders are like, no, we're going to hold on to him. Do you think it was maybe like a San Francisco 49ers Aaron Rodgers situation where uh, they call and they're like, hey, what do you think about Rodgers? And LaFleur's like, get bent, dude, and they hang up the phone? See, this is why Goody doesn't have a Twitter, so he can't accidentally like a Darren Waller tweet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know he's got a burner. There's no doubt. Oh, he has to. Yeah. Yeah, Who doesn't burn. have a burner? And let's be honest, that burner's probably like RJ? not the real Brian Gutekunst, and it's like actually a picture of him and everything, too. RJ, you don't have a burner? <laughs> No. Right, Rowdy, is your burner done? Is it gone? Is it, has it burned Deceased. out? Deceased. Well, I got two burners, Zach, so I make up for the uh, what they don't have here. They got it. And you know, of course, I got one. Well, so duh. Like, they, yeah. yeah. So, no, I I, I, uh, I, think that there's legitimacy to it, I, to the idea that they went after Darren Waller when the Devontae Adams thing was happening. There's no doubt about that. Okay. I just think, you know, the, the ability to go and get him now, the Raiders are like, uh, this This wouldn't be good for us. We just we think we're in a contending team and that we're going to trade away okay. him because okay. he's going to want a big contract next year. Gotcha. Like, eh, eh. 
Well, but someone's trying to say that they're a Super Bowl contender. The Raiders? Raiders. They may be the fourth best team in their own division. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I know. Hey, speaking real quick. Hey, hey, hey. Speaking real quick, Zach Halperin. How about mm. former Wisconsin Badger teaming up with his old teammate? No. Melvin Gordon, a one-year deal with the Broncos with Russ. Are they going to cook there in Denver? Yeah, Melvin Gordon, the best Wisconsin running back of all time. What about Ron Day? Paired with the best, paired with the best Wisconsin quarterback of all time. How can and you? How can you? Don't stop it. How can you say that when you named your dog Dane? And Joel Stave is the all-time winningest, Zach. And you, you and I are Stave soldiers. All-time winningest, John uh, uh, Joel Stave, best quarterback of all time at Wisconsin, Russell Wilson, best oh. running back of all time, Melvin Gordon. The guy, the all-time leading rusher in, in uh, NCAA history, Ron Day. I all think right. you should get a second dog for you <laughs> and the misses and name it Melvin. And name Mel- it Melvin. She, Little she, pump. She may, she may go for that. She likes human names for dogs. So oh, I Melvin. Think, uh, I mean, Melly. Yeah. Melvin. Right. Mel- Melvin. Or Gordon. Him, That's yeah. also a name name, not just a last yep. name. And then have a, call him Gordy or, or Melly. Yeah. Hey, yes. Zach, thank you so much for helping us out on our journalistic journey here. We appreciate it, my brother. Always, always, <laughs> anytime. Uh, there he is. You don't even have to go to journalism school. Well, why would we have a we new age school here at Rowdy? Yeah. We got new age journalism yeah, we'll school. Do a, we'll do a seminar on the weekend, 20 bucks in. It's like having uh, two hitting coaches. Cash oh, only. Damn it, I was going to tell Zach this too. The Milwaukee Bucks, led by the Greek Freak, going to their closeout game tonight against the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine is out. COVID protocols, right, Rowdy? Done. D U N. Done. And that's another score for the Bulls. <laughs> like what are the And we go Bulls. And it's over. And boop. Before we Like think just- think about what has happened now to the Chicago Bulls. You lost arguably your best hustle guy and or just kind of the guy everyone loves to hate. Yeah. Alex Caruso. Before the playoffs even started halfway through the season. You lost your best facilitator in Lonzo ball. Mm-hmm. And now you lo- you lose your second score, your second big score that if you needed to, you know, have him put the team on his back and go for 30 in a night, he could do it. You're literally down to DeMar DeRozan, who is very inconsistent shooting the ball from behind the arc. He he's a frozen. Yeah, he's a mid range jumper type guy or a slasher that gets to the rim. And then you have uh, Vukovic, who's a, a solid big man. But I think you could safely say that when Brooke Lopez is on the court, they kind of neutralize each other out. Yeah, like the Bulls are basically down to DeRozan. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's and. Uh, Caruso, who probably wants to murder Grayson Allen, but that's, you know. Not and really now, granted, the Bucks have injury, <laughs> too. Enough. They yeah. lost Chris Middleton, their number two, but you still have arguably one of the best two-way NBA players in the game today. Yeah. And that's, that's not true. to mention. A two-way freak. Drew Holiday, who's been an all-star. Who was just voted on the best teammate by his peers. <laughs> Brooke Lopez, who's been best, an all-star. Yeah. Like, the Bucks, the, the Bucks close it out What's, tonight. What are they favored by again? Twelve. Woo-hoo. This whole series, it's been. Uh, it was uh, the first two games. It was ten and a half, ten and a half, and then Bucks are favored by two and a half in Chicago. I don't know what game four was. I don't remember. I assume, assume it was the Bucks favored though. And now twelve, Rowdy, and you're taking in, in Bucks were favored, I think, by two and a half for game three and four. I know for game three they were, and then four probably the same. So no, Chris Middleton, really no problem for the Milwaukee Bucks. 
They've just been... Um, well, dude, they've won by 30 and 24 in the last two games, and now you're telling me that their second their second big-time scorer is going to be out and no one's coming back? <laughs> yeah. And it's at the Pfizer Forum? And you, Chicago stole a game at the Pfizer Forum to make it 1-1 heading to Chicago. They had you game. had all the momentum. You had all the fans come out, and then you got the absolute wind taken out of your sails, <laughs> and you just got slaughtered. By Not a combined once, twice. 54 points in two games. And you have a, a guy that's now in, in protocols and Zach Levin. That's like I keep saying, one of your better scores. Th- that's another shot to the stomach for the, the Bulls. I, I think this is just going to be a, a bludgeoning. <laughs> yes, another bludgeoning. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win by 20 tonight. You will go to sleep or I will put, put you, you to sleep. sleep. You're in my world now, Grandma. Check out the name tag. It says Milwaukee Bucks. The Pfizer Forum. <laughs> Says, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's I, over for the Bulls. Like I, I honestly look at it. You don't have scoring. You have more and more guys out that are supposed to be your hustle and your and your momentum and your kind of energy guys. Yeah. And now you have DeRozan who does not Frozen. shoot the three ball. He has to get to the rim. He has to pull up for mid ranges. Does Chicago get to a hundred points tonight offensively? Oh. I, no, they. I still think. Probably. No, yes. DeMar DeRozan is going to shoot like every time he's going to be brick city. He's going to have how many shots do you think DeMar DeRozan takes tonight? Probably 30 I was say, in the thirties, low thirties. Okay. I mean, who else why wouldn't he? It just doesn't. How many? Yeah, how, I mean, I Kevin mean, Durant in, last game against the Celtics in game four took over 30 I, shots. I guess until you actually think about it, you don't know how much they're actually missing now. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah they don't got yeah, it. I mean, it's still one of those just, Looking at the game, you got to be like they're scoring a hundred. But yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you think it's just yeah. the NBA. So the Bucks right. average about one hundred and sixteen points a game. I don't know if the, if if the Bucks hit their average of roughly one sixteen. I literally don't know if Chicago can score a hundred points. A bludgeoning upcoming at the Pfizer Forum. It happens. There's your there's your cover easily by by at least uh, what. 16, 17 points. Our guy, four Badgers, 67 on uh, Twitch says, let's hope the Bucks aren't thinking like Rowdy and play down to their competition. Oh, oh no, 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 they no. Have before. Dude, you have to close it out. You and know what better the, way to do it than Pfizer? You know that the Bucks would, in, would enjoy some rest too, especially with Middleton being out yeah. as the Sixers and the Raptors series looks like it's becoming a real series. On Jeopardy, the final Jeopardy question. Take a listen to what happened yesterday. We have two contestants remaining and one all-important clue in the category African surnames. Let's take a look. Adeto Kunbo, the crown has returned from overseas, is fitting for the Adeto Kunbo family who left Nigeria for this country in 1991. Now, Rowdy, do you think you know what the answer to this question would be? Yes. Let's uh, see if the contestants know. 30 seconds. Good luck. All right. So, Adedekumbo, which means the crown has returned from overseas, is fitting for the Adedekumbo family who left Nigeria for this country in 1991. Now, it is spelled A-D-E-T-O-K-U-N-B-O. A little different than... It is different, but it's not different. Exactly. As in, it's the African surname, like it says in the question. And if you ever got a Giannis rookie card, there were rookie cards with that spelling on them. All right, let's see what the contestants say. Like maybe a demographics clue, but it's a sports clue in disguise. 
Let's begin with Ria Segal. What was their response? What is Greece? Yes, that's correct. That's the family and the original surname of NBA star Giannis Antetokounmpo. How much did you wager, Ria? Another 4,900. We'll finish in second with 9,900. Was Matea Roach an NBA fan? Was she correct? Let's see. What is the United Kingdom? We know that's not correct, so you're going to drop down. Hopefully not too much. 7,000. Still, today you earned $16,200. And here's the nice total. A 16-day total. So Giannis and Nakumbo, yes, Greece is where they... Uh, ended up living rowdy, and then eventually the story comes to fruition, right? John Hammond is over there hearing about some guy on YouTube and, and causing some waves at basically like a dilapidated gym with a bunch of Greek dudes smoking cigarettes at halftime that, oh, my God, this kid's balling. That would be Giannis Adendokounmpo as his family did, uh, you know, get to Greece. So, Rowdy, Giannis Adendokounmpo, can you believe it, is now a final Jeopardy question, a sports question in disguise. Did you ever think we'd get to this point as Milwaukee Bucks fans, that A, we'd win a championship, or even before that, B, a guy named Giannis Dendekumbo, the Bucks would actually have the wherewithal to draft, and he would be a once-in-a-generation talent for the Milwaukee Bucks, and he legitimately wants to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, I think everyone has pretty much watched Jeopardy and knows the gist of the game, right? Yeah. Doesn't it amaze you on some of the questions when you're watching Jeopardy that some of these people can come up with some of the answers that I would say the overwhelming majority of the public has no idea what the hell it is? Yeah. But then when you flip it on its head and it's like the most basic sports question ever, those same people that can come up with like some <laughs> name from like the 1600s that only like point zero zero two percent of the population actually knows their name yeah. cannot get basic questions <laughs> in sports <laughs> correct it's mind-boggling sometimes is it not like how did you huh? now i wouldn't even say that that's more or less or like that's a basic question yeah but it'd be like you know who played for the new york yankees from like 1993 to like 2000 and whatever jeter retired was yeah. it whatever who, who who played for 20 years for the Yankees and his nickname was the captain? It'd be like <laughs> Babe Ruth. Who was banned from baseball for betting? Like, like, uh, like pretty obvious basic questions like, oh, it's Derek Jeter. Or yeah, yeah it's Pete, Pete Rose. Rose. They'll have no idea. It's it's crazy. It's like, and it's such like common pop culture knowledge, I assume. And then you get some poindexter that has no clue, has no idea. Who who is considered the goat of the NFL with seven Super Bowls? Uh, uh no idea. Bart Starr? Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Jeopardy is pretty funny sometimes. We are not going to get derailed from your everyday position preview for the NFL's draft. Secondary, the stage is yours, Rowdy, my friend. Yes. Yeah, so- As I drink this Shiner beer. I really don't think the Brewers go cornerback in the first or second round. I don't think they need it. Obviously, they still have Jair Alexander. They still have Eric Stokes. They re-signed Rasul Douglas. I don't think it's really a huge need, though some depth would be nice after you lose like Chandon Sullivan, Kevin King. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the safeties because safety could be an issue, not this year, but down the road. Because if you look at the Packers roster, Uh, Amos is currently in his last year of his deal this upcoming season and Savage, the, the green Bay Packers have an option to pick up his fifth year since he was a first round pick, 
But uh, other than that, yeah, both of them could potentially not be on this roster next season, though I do think they pick up Savage's option. But Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, this is the guy that he's the prize jewel at the safety position. I don't think he's going to be around for the Green Bay Packers at 22. This guy's gobbled up by like 10. Um, But when I start looking at some of the safeties that I actually liked, I personally don't want them to spend a first round pick, especially if they stand pat at the, uh, the current picks that they have on a safety. And actually one of my favorite safeties for the green Bay Packers that he was actually mentioned yesterday by Owen Reese from, oh, from what is it? Uh, optimum uh, the scouting East West shrine bowl and optimum scouting. Yeah. He mentioned him and this was actually my favorite guy for the Packers. If they're going to draft someone high, it was Jaquan Brisker out of uh, Penn state. This guy could be used all over the field. Very versatile player. They've seen improvement out of his game every single year since he got to Penn State. He's not a guy that's afraid to come up and stop the run. This guy, in my opinion, would be my pick if I was going to take a a higher pick and select a safety, most likely in the second round. I like Jawan Brisker out of Penn State. The other guy that uh, is pretty good that I think is pretty solid, he's more of like a late second round selection right now, would be uh, Jalen Petrie. Petrie, he's a guy out of Baylor that high football IQ tested really well and, and played. Swivel. He his draft stock went way up from the Senior Bowl and the Combine. Also, a guy that's not afraid to come up and stop the run. He's a real Petrie dish rowdy of uh, skills. Cor- correct. Yeah, real and big then Petrie dish. If you keep looking yeah. down, kind of that safety board, you look at that three to four range. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Only played one year at safety. Very rangy. I like the upside since he hasn't played it much and has a lot of ball skills. And then once you kind of get to the later rounds, uh, Percy Butler was more of a guy because he was known as a, a special team stud. And I mean, there is something to be set up for that because the Green Bay Packers could always use some special teams. And then... <laughs> Uh, you ain't lying there. Delarian Turner yell is another guy that I thought out of Oklahoma, maybe as a late round flasher. Cause you know, maybe they're not going to spend a high pick guy has good hips, fluid in space has been able to make uh, some plays can play multiple different uh, spots on the field. Maybe take a shot on him. And then a couple guys late, just uh, more or less special teams guys that uh, have shown some good special teams play in college. Give me Quentin Lake and Bubba Bolden. Other than that though, if I had to go and really grab three guys that I would like, it's got to be Jaquan Brisker. Again, he's going to be a second round pick. Jalen Petrie, second round pick. Or I'd really take my lottery ticket on Kirby Joseph, who's third to fourth round. Okay. All right. This can be a little preview for Kenny and Halperin tomorrow <laughs> night. But Scott Nelson. Oh, Scotty Nelson. May, Wisconsin may Badger. not be drafted. However... I think he can become a good depth safety and will be a stud special teamer, which the Packers might need. Hey, we got, Rich Bas- we got Rich Basaccia now, okay? Things are things are on the come up. Then I'm going to criticize you, but it's going to be it's going to be friendly criticism, here. okay? And not because we've been as drinking. opposed to if Ben a, Kenny a normal Wednesday was allowed to draft players, all of a sudden, if he had ten picks, you'd look up from his draft, and five of them would be from Wisconsin. 
No, they're just the guys I talk about the most. Um, Jack Cohn will count as a Badger. Oh, definitely. Leo Chanel would be on that list. He'd come in and grab Jake Ferguson hey, in the Chanel fifth round. Nice. Probably a Jake seventh Ferguson round flyer. Would be nice. Are yeah. you kidding? Scott Nelson? Probably a seventh round flyer on, on Nelson. We're already at four guys here. But Jack Sanborn next to Devondre Campbell. Ooh, man. man. Um, Should the Packers tank? Uh, well, that wouldn't work out. Should the Packers somehow find a way uh, a year removed to tank for Braylon Allen? Um, no. no. That joke. <laughs> you guys both have said no. That joke worked well when it was uh, Caleb Williams, when there was the chance of him coming. Um, I do really love, though, in addition to the guy Nelson, the guys Nelson was talking about. Which Nelson do you love, this Nelson or Scott Nelson? Uh, the guys that Nelson, this Nelson, was talking about. Which Nelson do you love more, though, Scott Nelson or Nelson Raisbeck? Well, are we talking as a special teamer? No, we're talking just in life. Uh, probably this, Nelson. Oh, yeah. Hey, all I know is if you're looking for someone with a big heart, a lot of grit, you that's me. You don't love it enough to respond I to the not, DMs, though, I might not. Night. I might not test out <laughs> no. in, in the combine at the same <laughs> ben, levels. Ben, no. <laughs> he doesn't love you enough to respond to the DMs, Rowdy. I, I wasn't really on Twitter last night. Unbelievable. I wasn't watching the game either. I was um, watching three at one time. <laughs> I only have two eyes. <laughs> I was doing that too. I just didn't open Twitter. Uh, that's funny. I had I, one TV. Yo, on. I did. I actually breaking news. You could play the sounder or not. You mean my sounder? I uh, the sounder that I also use. I I unmuted Nelson on Twitter. Oh, he was muted. Oh yeah, for so long. Oh, Zach Halpern muted Nelson too. Nelson, you are not muted for me. It's literally all in a day's work. <laughs> breaking <laughs> news. Yeah. Nelson is uh, Ben Kenny is Unfazed. unmuted. Nelson unmuted. Muting is the best, by the way. Oh, it is such a like when I get when I get people talking mad smack. Like I'll I'll laugh at it a while, but if it keeps coming, I'm like, all right, you're annoying now. I'll never respond. I just mute them. You put them in purgatory because they never know. Because if you block them, then they know they've been blocked. But if you mute them, they have no idea. But you never see their stuff. So I took it a step even in the mentions. There's a, a certain radio host in this state that. Oh, I've muted a lot of those only talks about the Philadelphia 76ers and many of those takes are wildly off base Ooh. and uneducated. You know uh, how I was going to, you know how I rhymed? I said it rhymed. I don't know. It's not this guy. I almost said it. I'm, I'm glad I stopped myself, but you know how I said it before it rhymes with Wart Binkler. I almost said <laughs> it would have been a bad word on air. Not him though. Not f- <laughs> 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 not see I how can I say this not, else, how can I say this in the F word and just just it's okay believe let me, let me take another drink uh, it doesn't need it to be said I'm gonna take a drink I'm gonna take a drink I'm gonna figure it out believe it or not I do not block and or mute anybody because when because there was a time yeah, when, I first, to throttle you. when I first came on the air full time in what 2020 where I would I would get people tweeting at me, messaging me, telling me I sucked, they hated me, <laughs> blah 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 blah, <laughs> every single day. It's a rite nope, of passage. Nope, that's just literally how I would sit there and fume, and like literally want to go out there and meet them in the parking lot, and then come in the next day with energy and just ah type. Takes. I would I would want to meet some of them and, and punch through their face. Don't you want to do that? See now after after getting used to it because that was like kind of out of nowhere. You want to punch through someone's face? No. After really? getting after no. getting Never. used to it, it's only there's only one account 
that still gets to me. Rowdy, do you want to punch through someone's face like like that? I, w- I would love Nelson, to. is it a certain Bucks fan? No. That- you, don't, you don't know who it is? No, no. It, it, I don't even know who it is. Neither it's not, do I. It's, it's, a, it's the nameless account. I see. It's a wussy, but it starts with a P. Um, I can go out and get in front of this story. It is not my burner account. No, we know because it was before yeah, it's you. it's way longer before okay. you. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. Louis Sine from Georgia. Oh, be- yeah, draft. Seen? Sine. Don't Seen. like him. Heard it both ways. Like Absolute em. baller. Love him. Dax Hill's a player too, but the Packers won't draft him. Cowards. Yeah, he, he doesn't really fit their scheme. Cowards. But I, not, think, but I love But Louis I think Sina. he's a good player as well. See, I only... See, there are guys that go out and do mock drafts for one through seven rounds or one through three rounds, whatever. That gets a little tedious for me. Oh, the people that do like a million mock drafts or like every round, get a life. I literally know what the Packers want to do. Sorry for that. Look at their roster and then you, go through each position and say, no. hey, okay, good. if they're going to spend a draft pick in this certain round on a on a position, this is the player I would like. I just do that for the Packers. I, I do not make any mock drafts. <clears throat> now, we have Paulie up, up Paulie. in uh, Marinette that uh, wanted me to give him a mock. I know a couple guys that do a lot of mocks that are pretty decent at it, so I'll probably get them to give it to me to give it to Paulie, but I go. don't actually make my own. 